Welcome into the Sports Predictor Podcast. I'm your host, Al Walsh, and we are brought to you by SportsPredictor.com, where professional bettors share their best plays. Get the winning edge by subscribing to the Sports Picks packages from long-term winning bettors. Once again, SportsPredictor.com. Also, make sure you give us a follow there on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. Once again, that's on Twitter, at PredictorHQ. On tonight's episode, we got a very special guest, Andy Molitor, uh, co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast. I know a lot of you guys probably listen to that. Uh, make sure you give Andy a follow on Twitter at AndyMSFW. And I don't have the deep dive uh, handle on, on hand with me, but uh, hopefully Andy will give it to us here in a sec. But uh, how's everything going for you, Andy? Real good. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday up here in Minnesota. Just got a bunch of snow. It's cold, but it's nice and warm in the studio. So Yeah, I always wonder how people deal with life in that neck of the woods. You know, I'm here in Jersey you know, it's not too bad. We had a couple days this week where it was below 20, but, like, how do, you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you just wear shorts in, like, 30-degree weather? Is that normal? Do you remember Superstorm Sandy? I do. I sure as hell do. It's it's just like that six months a year oh. all the time. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. No, I just – you can always put you can always put more clothes on. No It'll be summer in a few months, so. What uh, – now, what, what's the handle for the Deep Dive Podcast? It is just at Deep Dive Pod. Oh, all right. That's simple enough. Not too tough. Very good. All right, so make sure you check Andy out there. But before you go there, you listen to tonight's interview with me and Andy here. So, uh, you know, I get in doing research and everything. I always like looking at people that have the uh, the active Twitter timeline, which you definitely do. Uh, you're pretty much talking about every single sport out there. But uh, when it comes to profitability, what's the top dog for you? You know, somebody asked me something along those lines the other day, and I kind of had to tell them, like, I think I could make more money on the NFL. Maybe I should be betting bigger on the NFL. I, I just, if there's more games, there's just not enough games. Yeah. Like, every year we seem to grind out a small edge in the NFL. I never really worry about, you know, losing in the NFL long term. It's it's something, if you hit the numbers early, I feel like we can, especially with totals. But again, I, I make like a hundred bets every year. Mm-hmm. It's just not enough to grind out a lot of money. So uh, probably college basketball, just because there is such an opportunity to bet so many different games, and you can get—I mean, football too—you can get a lot down. But college basketball, you can get a lot down, and there's so many games. So profitability, just year over year, it's been—it has been the college basketball for me. Now, did you grow up playing any sports like football or basketball? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went to a real small school, so everybody – like, you had to play the sports, otherwise you wouldn't have a team, you know? Hey, that's how I played golf in college. They were like, uh, you want to play? I'm like, I don't think I'm really that good. And they're like, well, if you don't play, then we're not going to have a program. And I was like, all right, great. Yeah, yeah no, I played football and wrestling, and then uh, I, even pl- I even played baseball for a few years until I got, you know – You'd get a little older, and spring turned into wanting to maybe party instead of go to batting practice every day. <laughs> well, I mean, batting practice kind of is a, a party within its own regard. So, <laughs> at least, at least the ones I was a part of, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So you were talking about, um, you know, being a uh, mid-major uh, college basketball expert. So, what the hell goes into that, right? Like, I know you're up in Minnesota, probably not popping on the, uh, you know, the party scene. Uh, like six months of the year, like you were saying. So uh, how many hours a week go into to all this mid-major watching? Honestly, uh, I think this goes for a lot of, uh, a lot of what I do is however much I want, you know, that I told somebody like, as far as just watching it, 
some some weeks I don't watch any games. You know, just yeah. like I, somebody asked me, like, oh man, do you watch all these shitty games? You know, that's that you're that you're you know betting on. Like, you know, I might bet on Mississippi Valley State and then watch the Duke Virginia game. Yeah. Like, it's just it's it's way better basketball. Somebody somebody convinced me that I ought to be a, like, a couple months ago. So I went and found my ESPN Plus login, and I was watching, and it just uh, it's too much, man. Those some of the some of the some of the action late game and some of those games, it's just so frustrating. I'd rather just see the final score on some of those watching kids fall down by 15. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. Uh, you know, I guess in, uh, in Jersey's neck of the woods, now we got, uh, you know, Rutgers finally coming into shape, but, and then uh, of course, Seton Hall doing well, but, uh, yeah, it's for the rest of the basketball in the area. It's all, it's all second rate stuff. I'm a big Brooklyn Nets fan. So that, that usually takes all my, uh, all my time and effort. Um, what's the what's the deal with that? As far as I had somebody tweet at me, um, can you not bet on those teams at yeah, the onshores? Yeah, if you're uh, if you're in uh, Jersey, I know at least with like um, was it like FanDuel, DraftKings, I believe even William Hill. Uh, if you're in Jersey, you can't bet on Rutgers and those schools. If you're in upstate New York at one of like the four or five casinos they got, you can't bet on like Syracuse or you know. Um, What's what's another uh, Sienna up there, you know? So yeah, that's kind of the thing. I know a couple other states are trying to adopt that, but I mean, you know, you know how it is, right? Like you, if you really want to get these bets in, you're gonna get them in somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, with college basketball, I know obviously this is just a wide open year, and you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry can all win the national championship this year. So uh, any any teams that you like you know I guess, let's start with the favorites right like how, how who do you like out of the favorites this season it is wild you know you talk we just were talking mid-majors it's wild like the top five there's three technically mid-majors up in the top five and i mean a couple of them as far as i mean coaching experience gonzaga he's been there 20 years they've been deep a few times san diego state you know he had, he's only coached there a couple of years with his dutcher but he he was an assistant forever and a day too and he's been around so yeah. and you got you got a couple semi-experienced mid-majors up in the favorites which is kind of weird and then of course your blue bloods kansas duke you know maryland kentucky louisville all in the top 15 but uh, Baylor was kind of a surprise. I think you could have got a pretty big number on them early in the season. Yeah, I, I just ran some of my uh, numbers. It's funny, like I don't the the modeling I use is game by game. So I, I added a few columns, threw some weighting together, and looked at you know which teams I actually liked, and it, it threw some funny results at me. <laughs> like uh, I, I don't have a huge difference between Gonzaga, San Diego State, and Dayton, just because none of their strength of schedule is very good because they do play in lower conferences. So sometimes those teams are it's super hard to tell. Like are they actually really that good? Because they you know they should, like San Diego State locked up their conference, yeah. a few, you know, a couple games ago. It's they aren't playing in very good conferences. So, uh, you know, we were just talking about the favorites there. I mean, do you see it? I mean, obviously, with all the mid-major, you know, the rush of these teams that we got going on, any particular, you know, top 10 teams out there that you see getting knocked off in the first weekend of the tournament? I know, obviously, this is going to depend on matchups and things like that. But, you know, I guess just from watching these games, you see anybody slipping right now? 
Yeah, matchup wise, it does get tricky because the draw can open wide open for one of these teams. But yeah. my numbers don't love Kentucky. I don't love Kentucky just from watching them. Even though, like, we had some people on the, we've had some Kentucky fans on the pod recently, and uh-huh. they've built them up. But yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> super. I'm not super sold on them being. You know, I think they're ranked like tenth right now. I don't have them as the tenth best team in the country. They're quite a bit lower for me. And then you know, like I said, some of the some of the mid majors with the low strength of schedule. Who knows? I don't mind Duke. I mean, just pedigree. Florida State. Florida State's the only future I've bet all year. Really? I got them early early in the season. Somebody just brought it up and said, "Hey, what futures do you have?" And I I ran some numbers quick and I said, well, "Florida State kind of pops." They were like seventy to one, which the number's much better now. Sure. I I guess I should have put a whole lot more on that because I didn't go very big. Uh, Anything I just ran some stuff right now. I had some long shots that uh, it looked like maybe weren't even going to get into the tournament because my numbers do love Michigan and Purdue, but if you go look at the Big Ten standings, might not actually happen. So I think the only one I looked at for a long shot right now that I would grab is Arizona at fifty to one. Okay, it's not fifty to one everywhere. I think uh, some places are going to be lower thirty to one. I don't know if I would take that, but I did find some fifty to one online, and I'm going to dig a little deeper into them before I uh, probably fire on it. But just everything I put through on my spreadsheet looked pretty good on them. Nice. Yeah, I know. You're talking about Kentucky. You know, I think they're like 25 to 1 to, to, take, home the, to take home the title. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people saying like, oh, my God, those are the greatest odds. Well, there's a reason that they're 25 to 1, you know. So, uh, you know, obviously that goes kind of right in tow with what you were saying. And then, yeah, that Big Ten conference, just these guys are going to be cannibalizing each other all the way down the stretch. Kind of hoping we get the hometown Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knights into the tournament this year, but you know, lot lot has to uh, be determined before now and then. So, yeah, they need to be at home to win. Yeah, if you're, I know. In, the, if they, you're in the if you're crazy. in the Big Ten, although boy, the rack is a tough place to play. Yeah, you got to bring the rack everywhere, which is some good memories there for sure. All right, uh, kind of we got to switch uh, gears here for a minute because I think I'm you know probably one of the only people that are. Uh, into this uh, new XFL that we got going on here. We're through two weeks. Had, had a couple of good games. Some, eh, not so much. The uh, the Saturday slate this last week, not a, not that great. Um, what, what's your initial thoughts of this league? You think that we're going to uh, have this league around for a while? I think so, just because of the, the, you know, the financial backing they have and the TV deals they put together. And, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head there. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride as far as entertainment value or quality of game. There's been some pretty good ones, and there's been some just absolute stinkers where it's like, man, this quarterback sucks. This coach doesn't know what he's doing. Like, oh, yeah, we're playing with replacement-level players. Like, this was what we might get with a few of these teams. And I think there's going to be four, maybe five teams like that that just – aren't very good all year so you kind of just got to wait until you get two of the better teams together and get a good one which uh st louis is surprising a little that was a that was a good game st louis houston was fun um yeah i I think the biggest takeaway for me right now is i mean these coaches aren't head coaches in other leagues for a reason like some of them there's a couple I'm, i'm enjoying watching what they're doing and there's a couple it's just like man you're just mailing it in. You don't really. You're not taking advantage of the rules. That, you know, in this league, you're not doing anything innovative. This sucks. Yeah, and, and that speaks to your point. So, um, you know, Mark Tressman, who's head coach for Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay had the highest win total or projected win total going into this XFL season at seven and a half, 
And, you know, they get out to an 0-2 start. Now they got to play a really tough Houston team. I'm really enjoying watching P.J. Walker in this league. This dude is just phenomenal. Uh, you know, you get him back there in the pocket. You think you got him wrapped up. All of a sudden, you know, he's juking, you know, every which way, and he's down the field already. But, uh, yeah, I feel, like, I really feel like Mark Trestman's like, absolutely holding this uh, Tampa Bay team back. Like, they consistently get the ball inside the red zone. You know, I know week one, they had, they had the ball in the red zone uh, more times than any other team in the XFL, and they come away with three total points. Like, I, I have no idea how that happens. Uh, you know, Aaron Murray obviously didn't play in that last game, but, you know, you still got some quality players there. Quentin Flowers, sort of that dual, dual threat quarterback there for the Vipers. But, uh, again, too, I, I just I enjoy watching football. And, again, too, I think these rule changes – it, look, it's kind of like a uh, what do we want to say? Like a like a trial, uh, you know, like an experimental league sort of sorts. You know, like oh, yeah, I, that's I a good. See the NFL picking some of these rules up. That's a good take. Like, like how they do, you know, they'll try out some rule changes in the NIT. Yeah. Or in the, or in the preseason for NFL or you know along something like those lines. Like I do like that you can actually see the rules in action yeah. with you know a similar. You know, there are it's it's essentially it's football. It's the same thing. The only thing that's really, really, really different is you know the kickoffs. Yeah, no, nah, I dig that too. Um, so I, I mean, so are you uh, are you a baseball guy at all? Uh, it's so much time. Like I tried. <laughs> I had a model half built, and I, I do I do follow along. I love going to baseball games. I'm trying to make it to all the stadiums. I go to a bunch of Twins games every year if I get a chance. It's so nice when we do have the nice weather out here. Sitting, it's a great stadium. I love going to baseball. I bet baseball. And yeah. honestly, maybe it's one of the, some of the advice I give all the time. It's like if you don't have the time to do something right, maybe just don't don't bet on it. Yeah. Find somebody, find somebody who's good at it that you know, and see what <laughs> see what they're betting. So I don't, I don't bet a ton of baseball. I've, I'll bet more XFL games than I will baseball games this interesting, year. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, no. Hey, look, we'll keep in touch, and uh, I'll let you know what the baseball picks. I, I think I went like twenty two and three or something in the postseason. I was very, I was very upset to see. Uh, to see baseball come to an end, that was a that was a nice little earner for me there. But no, I, I was interested in your take. I uh, I didn't have it in the notes that I gave you, but uh, I, I just saw it recently where uh, I guess William Hill came out with the uh, the over under total for uh, Astros batters hit this season at eighty three and a half. Uh, cur- curious if you had any take on that. I I hardly into the under. <laughs> like if if people just start plunking those guys and it's on purpose. Like, you know, there's pitchers with, I mean, just not only not wanting to get kicked out of the game, have your manager and your team mad at you, but right. I mean, if you, if you have some sort of incentive bonuses, or if you're just in a contract year, if you want to, you know, get your stats up, you don't need to get tossed out of games just to, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I can see, maybe some peer pressure from the rest of the team, like, hey, go, go hit El Tuve for us. But I, I think the umps, uh, you know, Manfred's going to be on top of the umps as far as if we have a bunch of shenanigans like this, we're just going to start tossing pitchers. Yeah, I don't think we do. That's a lot of hit by pitches. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the leader last year, I think, was the Mets somewhere in the low 90s. And I mean, it's just because it's the Mets. But I, I, I don't see it getting into the 80s. I could not be happier about that number as a as a Philly fan. I definitely like that one there from the Mets. But um, no, it's interesting. Like I, I, I feel like teams that use an opener, like Tampa Bay, uh, the Angels, you know, teams like that that go with the opener. I mean, that's that's prime area. You know, I know that they have the new rule this year where you gotta 
uh, each reliever has to pitch to at least three batters. But, I mean, hell, if anybody is in a prime opportunity to do it, it's definitely those teams. Yeah, and that's that's where I wonder if they wouldn't even take it a step further and just say, like, you know, we're going to do suspensions if people are headhunting like this because right. otherwise it might just get out of control. You don't need you don't need baseball to devolve into just throwing at people's heads. <laughs> That's right. We got to see the Astros taking boxing classes this year, so they're ready oh, yeah. for all the brawls. All right, so we are talking here with Andy Molitor. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Andy MSFW. Uh, Andy is the co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast. Uh, follow them on Twitter as well at Deep Dive Pod. So, Andy, wanted to get a little bit into uh, you know your personal betting style and things like that. Um, you know, walk us through a typical day in your life. How do you you know open up a day? You know, go about your research, things like that. Well, you know, it's different different times of year depending on what I'm betting. But right now, it's primarily college bas- or college basketball and some golf. So college basketball openers are up, you know, right around 3, 4 o'clock Eastern. I usually take a look at them all, punch them into my – punch them into the spreadsheet, take a look at some games. I'm, you know, anything that pops that I might have an edge on, I start doing some secondary research. I go just strictly numbers to start. I will 100% just compare – what my fair what my fair opener should be against the opener I'm getting on you know the soft opener at the offshores right. and then you know anything that meets a certain criteria I'll dig a little deeper to make sure I'm not some you know jerk off that's betting uh, against a team that's you know, or betting on a team that has some injured players and that's why I'm showing such a huge edge and that you know that is the problem when you're looking at 350 teams it's hard to keep up with all the news so rather than try to keep up with all the news. I try to check the news after I've I've found an edge on a game. So I'll do that in the afternoon, you know, usually bet in the evening, sometimes a little later, wait for some books to open up for me. And, you know, that's that's kind of it right now as far as basketball. Then uh, hopefully it goes good the next day. Golf is a little different. I, uh, you know, that's kind of Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, digging into the tournament. I've taken it a little easier at the beginning of the season. There's some goofy golf tournaments where yeah. they're playing at different courses throughout the week. And the, the cut isn't on Friday. The cut's on Saturday. This week, we don't have a cut at one of the tournaments. Like, these are tournaments you maybe lower the unit size, take it easy on it, and don't get too nuts. Honestly, I've, I've put more money into play on DFS than I have huh. betting. On for golf, just because there's some advantages on the daily stuff, the showdowns in golf, when you do have different, you know, if you can if you can take a hard stand and say like this course is easier, yeah, um, you know, I can stack some stack some golfers on a certain course, and that's yeah, I've been doing a lot more than that than than actually betting some of these head to heads or even outrights, um, and you know, like I said before about you know. If you don't know a bunch about baseball, maybe don't bet baseball and listen to some smart people. I talked to some smart people who know a lot more about golf than I do. And like a couple weeks now, I've bet live uh, on a Sunday. I got, you know, I had a, a small position on Adam Scott at like four or five to one that came through. That should have another one of those hindsight, like I should have bet the farm on it. But yeah. it's uh, the, uh, live betting golf outrights is kind of addicting. I'm a little worried about my, my addiction to that. <laughs> No, that's it's so funny that you say that because that's really I'm exactly like you with golf, where I I do more DFS, uh, you know, than I do betting. But if I am gonna bet in golf, it's usually with that with that live number. Um, 
you know, I, I think the last golf bet I put in was the, for the waste management where I had Bubba to be the top scoring lefty. That was, that was an absolute no brainer that I went there. But, um, I think going back to last year, I forget what was, um, Charlie Hoffman and Kepka. That was, was that the U S open? I think so. I'm going to have to, I know I did bad at that. Term. <laughs> like that was my worst, my worst major. <laughs> well, no, I, I ended up going, I was, I was actually like traveling, but I was watching it on my phone and I'm looking at Twitter and everybody's going bananas for Ke- uh, for Kepka on the come up. And like Charlie Hoffman's plus money with a three stroke lead. I'm like, all right, like there's, of course I'm going to go with this, but you're absolutely right though. In terms of, you know, I think you do, you definitely do get, you know, better positioning. And then, you know, of course, if some guy jumps out to a huge lead, then of course you're screwed. Then you just don't do anything. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, just like anything else, it's about market entry. Like after, I don't remember what hole it was, the third or fourth that ate up Rory and Scott, where they both, I think they doubled and tripled off the lead and Scott ended up being five to one. I just went and checked that. So you can, you can kind of bet into some overreactions after one bad hole with good players like that, where I wanted no part of Rory, but yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, now I know you've been talking about, you know, your modeling and whatnot. So, you know, what are the questions I had, are you going to be, or are you more of a model based better or, you know, you just watch games and simply make judgments off that. But, um, I think the the two kind of lap with each other, right? Like, obviously, I know you know a lot of successful betters have a have a model that they use, um, but you still kind of gotta know what you're doing, right? Or does the model do everything for you? It, it does depend on the the market and the sport, but you're right. I mean, it does have to be some balance. Like, if I just treated this what I do like a black box, I'd make a lot of bad bets. So I'll go dig in a little deeper and be like, oh, that's, you know, that's why the numbers want me to bet this team. Like, I, I can't even consider betting this team right now. There's no edge. So, yeah, digging digging into it a little deeper, looking at some things beyond the model is important. And, you know, like I said, different markets take a different amount of that. Like football, I, I do model for football, especially with totals. But at the same time, I'm watching a ton of football. I'm digging into, you know, five or six different stat sites for things and looking at, you know, how teams match up in certain areas of the field and different positional groups and football, you know, injuries, I think, don't get the right weighting in the markets often. Like teams or people will overreact to certain injuries and underreact to other ones. So I think there's a lot of edges to be found in that sort of thing. And that's, you know, that's not modeling. That's just paying attention, doing the research and hitting the Twitter search bar quite a bit. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, being out there in Minnesota, I I wasn't even sure about it. You guys don't have the legalized gambling there yet, right? Nope. We, uh, I think we had some some legislation brought up last session, but it didn't go anywhere. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I do a little side work for a company where, you know, pretty much all I do is write about the legal happenings that are going on out there. But it's funny, I, like Minnesota is the one state that, I'm pretty sure I haven't wrote about once yet. Uh, so being that, I again, I had to look at the map, and I'm a pretty good geography guy, but I didn't realize how close Iowa was there to Minnesota. So uh, I, I saw on your Twitter that uh, you made a recent trip out there. Is that something you do often, or is that more of like a, uh, you know, like once in a blue moon type of thing? So aside from, and it's it's new in Iowa. Like it hasn't been around that long. It just. Yeah, I think exactly. the the first ones were up right around the beginning of the NFL season. 
is when when some of the sports books were getting open down there and they're still working on getting everything going but uh even before that like minnesota casino rules are a little wonky it's only cards and slots up here there's no roulette no craps so if we ever if we ever felt like going to throw games i i know i know like (laughs) maybe not odds wise i love playing blackjack blackjack's a much easier ride but we do love going and throwing the dice sometimes if you and uh we used to drive down to you know there's a casino about an hour away in in iowa the kind of the the border of iowa if you follow it all around there's a lot of casinos on the borders because of this like all along the the northern border where it borders minnesota there's a few there's a bunch on the river bordering uh wisconsin and illinois there it's it's people people do uh pop over you know from other states quite a bit so and i i have done that to a few now i want to get to the one over by south dakota it looks pretty nice but i'm going to try to make a few more trips down there but uh, yeah if i want to get I almost drove down there for a price on an XFL <laughs> outright because somebody somebody said, you know, I wanted to bet something at like eight to one, and somebody said, well, FanDuel has uh, twelve to one. Like, God, it's only an hour. Yeah, that's not too bad. Where uh, are you? I'm not again not too familiar with the state of Minnesota, but are you around like Minneapolis and and all that stuff? Or I am. Yeah, I'm south of there. Like, if I wanted to straight shot, I could be in Iowa in like thirty minutes. Okay. You know, there's just no casino right there. I got to scoot over a little bit. I'm down by Rochester. Right. So I'm not far from Wisconsin, not far from Iowa. But, uh, yeah, I did. It was like an hour and 40 minutes to the one I went and checked out the other day. It was just kind of a, on a lark. I wanted to go take a look at that one. It was a nice-sized book. Nice, nice. Good to hear. Uh, all right. So kind of a, uh, an interesting question, though, just like based with, like, the legalization. So in a lot of these articles that I'll write, you know, for that other site, um, I know part of like, uh, you know, every article will say, oh, these are the benefits. However, you always got those sticks in the mud there that are trying to bring the people down. And a lot of people say, you know, oh, gambling is going to be this, you know, burden on the culture and everything. Meanwhile, you know, you got black market bookies all over the place. You know, people got their sites, people got their guy at the back of the deli, whatever that they go to. I feel, and again, I've been a much more responsible gambler, you know, being that, you know, it's legal here in Jersey, because again, if you don't have the money to bet, you ain't betting, you know, and, and that's where I feel like a lot of people get in trouble, uh, you know, with, you know, where you have like a certain limit for the week. So do you feel, I get, you know, as we, you know, begin 2020 here, going to 2021 next year, do you feel like more states are going to have that legalized gambling, or is this still just a problem that people are really going to be worried about? Well, I, I mean, I think just some of the numbers coming out from the states that have been a little more established, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and what have you, yeah. like the, the revenue numbers are there. Like, you know, anybody who doesn't want to legalize this is probably just costing their state, you know, revenue that they should be gaining. Right. Like, cause it's coming. It's not gonna, it's not gonna, you know, st- you're not going to stop it altogether. Although I do, you know, you mentioned you hadn't written about Minnesota. I suppose you haven't written about Utah either. No, no. It, it might, it might be, <laughs> it might be 50 years before or if Utah. I did, it was it. all bad. You know? Yeah. I don't know if Utah's high on the list, but I mean, a lot of these States that have talked about it I and mean, you'll see quite a few fall. I follow a few Twitter accounts that follow this closely, like Alfonso Straffan and, 
mm-hmm. you know, Captain Jack, a couple of the guys out there that, you know, watch the legal side of this. And I, I like to follow along on that. It's, it's really interesting to see like, you know, which, which States are just muddling this up, like district of Columbia, like, you know, some of the, some of the deals they're putting together. It's just like, man, you're just doing this all wrong. You, yeah. you gotta have it. It's gotta, you, you know, you gotta find a middle ground. You want to make revenue, but you don't want it to just fall on its face because it's so terrible. It's not going to work. So hopefully Minnesota's kind of on the, you know, on the, the light end of it. Uh, I mean, it's the reasoning some of the the low end, uh, or what do you want to say? The low margin books probably couldn't make it in America because of the, you know, the taxes they put on top of some of this stuff. So hopefully they can find a middle ground. We get it all over and it just becomes a little more mainstream because like you said, the, yeah, everybody's got the. It goes back to the. You know, you want to bet on NJIT in Jersey, right. and you can't do it. You got your. Yeah, you go to the deli. You got your Vinny. You, you can get your money down. It, like that's not going to go away either. But it, I mean, it's like weed. You know, all the states sure. that legalized that, it, it was kind of a. That was a really big deal when you know a couple of states, Washington, Nevada, when they did that at first, everyone's like, oh my god, Colorado, and now it's just it's become so much more mainstream and it's not really a big deal anymore. And I think we're just kind of headed in the same direction. It's not going to be taboo. It's going to be just, I mean, how much really different is it than DFS? You know, you're you're putting a little down on some games. Although you did have a good point. People, there's, there's some people that shouldn't bet on credit. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll be flat out honest with you. When I was young, you know, I got myself in a lot of trouble. And again, too, this was also at a time when, you know, I wasn't, you know, looking at betting like every second of my day, you know what I mean? Like I would just log on and be like, oh, that looks fun and bet on it, you know? So, uh, you know, I've taken a much more business-like approach to it uh, over the years and thank God that's coincided, you know, with the legalization aspect of it. So I haven't gotten in any trouble with it. But uh, the one, the one state to me that really just baffles my mind is New York. Like, I can, if I wanted to go buy weed gummies out of a damn green truck in New York, I can do it. But you're telling me I can't bet on, you know, an NBA game that night in the state of New York. And that that one to me, and I think, you know, Cuomo, the governor, like he's got to have somebody like in his ear, you know, telling him that, you know, oh, you can't do this to the you know, I, it has to be like black market people. Because, again, you got the lotto, you got friggin horse racing, you know, like those are, you know, both like crapshoots out there. Um, you know, and then again, too, like here in Jersey, they did a a report like a month or two ago, basically saying that 25% of the, uh, the mobile betting, it comes from New York. Like I know guys who on their lunch break, like if they work at the world trade center, you know, they pop the train over to Hoboken on their lunch break, place their bets. And then they're, then they're back on the other side of the river. Like it's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. People do. I, I know a guy who rides his damn bike. Over the GW bridge in order to place his yeah, bets. Halfway, halfway over the bridge. Yeah. You know, like what the hell, man? No, I got a buddy that does that with uh he you know, he works somewhere that they they deliver things sometimes down to Iowa. Uh-huh. And and uh, a lot of it is in Minnesota and sometimes when they do have a delivery down to Iowa that goes near one of those, it's like, you know what, I'll take it. Yeah. You know what? I, I got this guys. I'll, <laughs> I'll go do it. And he, he gets down there and gets some action down on a few That's games. Great, which, yeah. And he, he loves it too because uh you know, you can't be doubling down on second halves and mm-hmm. rebetting after you win a game. Exactly. He's like, it actually keeps me in check a little that I can't bet so much. He's like, I've been, I've been doing better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I was working in Manhattan last year. So if I wanted to, uh, 
you know, if I wanted to place something in, I would have to like call a friend or something like that. But that just gets to be a pain in the ass. Nobody wants to do that. But you're absolutely right. And then thank God for live betting sometimes too, because you know you come home. I got out of work at like seven, so I'd you know kind of you know at least for NBA, I'd be getting out of work, and then uh, it'd be you know second quarter or whatever, and then I could just go with it from there. Sometimes you get a better line, sometimes you don't, but. Again, it just it absolutely uh, you know kept things in check, and I think that's that's what a lot of these officials need to realize that the legalization aspect of it, um, you know, it, it doesn't let you be a total degenerate. But you know, um, all right, last question of the day that we got here for Andy Molitor. Um, I always love asking this question. We always get some great responses with this one. But if you could create your own sports book, what would that look like, and who would be your spokesperson? Oh man, am, am I running the sports book or am I betting into you, it? You are, those, you are the owner. Those are, you are the oh, owner. Because those are two completely different <laughs> questions. I know this came up the other day with some people, and we talked about like the pinnacle model probably not working, especially down here with the with the taxes they put on everything, and just I don't know if it's repeatable to have a low margin book like that. I guess I would just try to find a middle ground between you know being a good low margin book, trying to get sharp action. And being an absolute shyster with you know, ten to you know ten percent hold and terrible lines and you see books some of these books where it's minus one ten on one and minus one twenty on the opposite side like what what, what are you doing to people so <laughs> I guess you know because you should be able to offer a standard hold you know just your four and a half percent hold and still make money yeah like you know I I would try to be somewhat fair. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about that, too, as far as, like, banning banning players. It's it's kind of tough because, like, you know, you can say it's, like, un-American when you're talking, but it's also kind of super-American. It's very capitalistic. Like, why would I keep the one player who's killing me out of 100 right. and, instead of just the 99 who are going to, you know, hit 50% of their bets and reload every week? So, uh, you know, kind of somewhere in between. Try not to be too much of a shithead so I can sleep at night. <laughs> nice. And the uh, the spokesperson for uh, Molitor Operations. Oh, jeez. Do I need to have? I mean, it's probably just like an Insta model. I don't know which one. Sure, sure. Like that's that seems to work. Like because I can't think of anybody specific, but like that stuff that stuff works. I I guess I was born in the wrong body. That's those girls make a lot of money. Just they just take pictures of themselves next to a bottle of water and they get like ten grand. I know. Hey, some, and maybe some maybe that's not born, a good idea. Some of us were born with the gift. Some of us not. <laughs> oh boy! All right. So our guest tonight was Andy Molitor, the co-host of the Deep Dive Podcast. Make sure you give them a follow uh, at Deep Dive Pod. Also, Andy on Twitter as well at uh, Andy MSFW. Andy, uh, any any closing thoughts? No, just good stuff. Thanks for having me. It was Absolutely. fun talking. Um, excited to, you know, like I said when we were talking about my daily breakdown, I've got my numbers put together for basketball. I just got to go take a look and see if any of them are worth betting now. And I don't have any action tonight. Mondays and Tuesdays, uh, are, gotta, it's kind of late. They're kind of late. Got to go to a little VCU plus three tonight. I know. I had somebody, I always have people asking me, you know, what, what they make, you know, I make my numbers. And I think I might have talked somebody into Penn State. All right, all right. Maybe maybe I'll put a little bit on there just to go with it. I got a little uh, little college basketball with that VCU and uh, St. Louis Blues puck line tonight over, oh, over the hometown Devils. So we'll be rooting for those. 
All right, folks, that was the Sports Predictor Podcast. I am your host, Al Walsh. Make sure you go to sportspredictor.com. You can check out all the best plays that we got there from our professional betters. Uh, also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PredictorHQ. That'll do it, folks. We'll see it next time. Uh, Reed Rooney uh, going to be on the podcast uh, later this week. So also look out for that episode. And also, big thanks to Andy for tonight. Peace.